I'm B. And I'm B. And, and this, this is Homestead Happenings. Happenings. Where every week we bring you along on our journey to self-sufficiency. And bring you exclusive interviews on all things Homestead from people around the world. So hit subscribe and follow along with us. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's go. I'm V. And I'm B. And today we have a very special podcast. This one is a little bit more tailored. This is not someone on an active homestead or um, how to homestead or anything like that. This is going to be specifically safety tips. What can we do? We need to be safe. A lot of people are talking about being self-sufficient or living homestead, prepping, all those things. But a lot of times they're not like they barely have a first aid kit or they have a whole bunch of stuff and don't know how to use it or never did CPR or things like that. So today we are going to talk about what we can do without going broke <laughs> because everybody knows that homesters like to save money. So we're going to talk about that today. So today we have Ashley and she is from Dallas, Texas, and she is with the company Emerge. And that company is fantastic. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let her talk about it. Otherwise, everybody knows that I'm long-winded and I'll get going. Isn't that right? Yeah. I know. You're over here bobbing bob and weave over here. So, Ashley, <laughs> first let's start off with what even led you to EMT and what are your credentials? Hi there. So, um, years ago, I actually started off as a CNA. I was um, forced into healthcare, actually. Um, by somebody that was pretty close to me. Um, I started off as a CNA and I just really fell in love with working in healthcare and helping people. But I really just wanted something a little bit more fast paced than working in the long term care facilities. And the town that I was living in hosted an EMT course. And so I took it and I just, I never really looked back. So I've been in EMS now um, for seven years. I am currently a Texas certified paramedic, and I hold multiple instructor cards, um, which include EMS instructor, CPR, and basic life support instructor cards, ACLS, which is the advanced cardiovascular life support, pre-hospital trauma life support, and also wilderness first aid. So none of us have that. No. <laughs> Which is why you're talking and not me, because everybody else can just say, oh, we can do a wound. Well, first of all, I'll put Neosporin on anything. That e Neosporin and A&D, I'll slap that up on yeah. anything and call that a fix. Those are the staples of the first aid kits, I'm See? telling you. So, but what you're saying is I have a future in healthcare. That's what I'm hearing. No. It's possible. <laughs> Very much. So, his solution is rinse everything with peroxide. That's what you need to do. He just rinsed it off of peroxide and hope for the best. Hey, sterile saline peroxide, it's it's almost the same thing, kind of, if you tilt your head just right and look at it. <laughs> exactly. So, I think, um, first we should talk about is your company. So, that way, when we're referencing it later, people know what we're talking about. So, what is Emerge? So, Emerge was founded in 2011, and... We began doing EMT courses in the Dallas Metroplex area, and uh, we've kind of grown a lot since then, but our main focus is still EMT and advanced EMT courses. 
So we host multiple um, EMT courses every year at our flagship office in Dallas. We also um, go out to several of the area high schools and teach the EMT course um, at the senior level for high schoolers so that hopefully when they, you know, when they get uh, done with school, um, by the time they graduate, they can also sit for national registry and come out ready to work as an EMT. That's awesome. So who, the high schools, who would be the, would that be something you would teach? Um, I do sometimes, yeah. Um, I've taught at uh, the Bisky Career High School for a couple of years now. Also, Grand Prairie High um, are two of the schools that I personally have taught at. Um, we also go out to Roosevelt High School um, here in Dallas, um, and we teach that class too. And now I know there's a lot, a lot, a lot, times infinity a lot, of homesteaders in Texas. Um, whether they say that they're hobby farming, homesteading, prepping, self-sufficiency, farming, whatever, Texas holds a lot, especially, um, Eastern Texas, the Northeastern part of Texas is super huge. I mean, we know a ton of people there. And so if somebody was interested, is this something that like they can go to your facility with them being local and get a class? Absolutely. So, um, like our EMT classes, we have both traditional and hybrid options. So if you're not necessarily super close to the Dallas area, you can do like the bookwork stuff online and then, um, you know, come in for skills. Our CPR <coughs> classes um, can be done at our office. Um, I, I have been known to travel occasionally for CPR classes um, that are kind of larger in size, but we travel for those too. But, um, yeah, we've got a lot of different options for people either close by or not so close because we do we do also do classes um, all over the state of Texas. We've got one going on up in the panhandle right now up in the Pampa area. You know, it's it's um, a good thing you mentioned that you do sometimes travel because now would be a good time for us to announce that in 2023 we will be having a meetup. Um, we will be having a meetup with a lot of people who are speaking in this podcast, us, as well as other people who are not speaking in the podcast, but they'll be coming as, um, experts. There'll be other things that you can learn, get certified for. People will have their books, be signing. It's going to be a really huge thing. We will announce more details and dates and things like that, um, here shortly before the end of the year. So stay tuned for that. And we will be possibly looking to you to see if you can come and lead a quite large, quite large CPR class. I'm sure we can probably figure something out. So now that we know who you are and what you do, and we know that I'm obviously on the verge of being a medical <coughs> professional myself, clearly, dear. You're not. He, he puts me down, but really he means that I can do anything. He means it. Um, so what would you say top things if you had to pick right now everybody should have in their house right now top one thing or top two things we'll do top three top three uh tourniquets gauze quick clot i have gauze what and <laughs> quick uh quick clot is that for like if you're bleeding out or something it is. It is exactly that. Um, they call it a hemostatic agent. Um, and so it's, they call it like a Z-fold gauze, 
but it's got um, hemostatic agents in it. So if you've got like a really uh, deep gaping wound or something, um, and, and it sounds painful, and it is painful, but you take the quick clot and you kind of shove it into that wound, um, and those hemostatic agents will help um, clot so that you would stop bleeding faster. That's horrible. Well, we're hey. fortunate. We don't live that far from town. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have 911 service here, but I mean... That would be something to have on hand, though. Yeah, and a lot of people, I mean, even out here, like, if you didn't have a car, yeah. I mean, you're just waiting, and we know a lot of people who are stuck at home with kids, and they only have one car, so they can't get in, or they're way out. They don't even have cell phones or nothing, so this is like... That's a huge thing that you should have. I always seem to have gauze, but I guess it's because it comes in my first aid kit. I haven't consciously bought multiple things of, of gauze to actually have. So, um, hemorrhage, like bleeding out, is like the number one um, preventable cause of death. And so when I actually teach Stop the Bleed classes, so that's actually, that's another class that I teach also is, is a specific class to Stop the Bleed. Um, those are the three things that we really um, deal with when we're doing skills for that class is tourniquets, gauze, quick clot. All right. Good to know. Well, I think that, I didn't even know that was a class. I literally have never heard of that in my life. It is. It is actually an international movement right now um, so that it's something that, you know, they want everybody to learn because it's honestly so easy to do. And, you know, um, bleeding out is is very preventable. If you know, if you know the steps to take to stop it, um, you know, it's it's something that you can that everybody can do. So to kind of relate this down. So we have um, we have goats and our goats do not have horns but a lot of people's goats do so if you have let's say you have a mature buck he comes for you and he gets you with that horn what are the odds that quick clot would work in a situation like that i mean that would be or how much should you have on hand because that would be like a massive gaping wound yeah um so honestly the packages are they look small, but because it's a Z fold and they're they're pretty compact looking, um, there's a lot that comes in one package. But usually, I suggest keeping um, two to three packages on hand um, at any given time. Okay. Okay. That's good to know because we literally don't have it at all. <coughs> and there's actually, I mean, there's been times where we got cut pretty good not bleeding out cut but i mean you don't know last year we had that ice storm we were literally like sliding down the driveway at any point in time we could have fell on a t-post corner of a trailer i mean anything it's easy to do yeah do you respond to um a lot of farms we do actually um farm accidents actually can be sometimes the most serious calls that we've responded to well, uh, what do you nor- like? What is normally when you're called out? Is it? I just when I hear a farm call, I picture somebody's got a limb stuck in a tractor. <laughs> um, that's that is a thing. So uh, some of the more common things that we respond to out on farms are going to be like splinting limbs, um, insect bites, snake bites. Um, those are. Broken limbs and bites usually are, are the big ones. Okay, I did put in my notes. 
<laughs> that you wanted to make a special announcement about snake bites. Please do not suck out snake venom with your mouth. <laughs> yes. It's a terrible idea. Um, it is. It does not work like it. They say in the movies. Um, it. Please don't. I've literally. I really seen thought it did. <laughs> I uh, knew that was gonna blow you away. The problem is, is if you have any like cuts in your gums or cavities or anything like that, that venom is going to go like right. Yeah. Well, now you're dead too. Then. Yeah. Now that you think that through, now it doesn't sound like a good. Idea. That sounds stupid. <laughs> I I saw that in the notes, and I was like, okay, we're gonna give that the time to shine. Yeah. I know. Whatever. I just that's the two things I remember. I think it's like pee on jellyfish. And suck out a snake. Hey, I did not say that. <laughs> well, I think that um, there's probably some people that are like, "Why would you be? Why would you even think you could suck out snake venom?" And then there's going to be people like, "Well, I'll be. You really cannot suck us. <laughs> we all can't be Steve Irwin out here. No, well, we try. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to Steve Irwin. Uh, I would say. The the things that I worry about personally on our home said would be um, things like I do have a bum foot. So, you know, what happens if I, I don't know, you know, what happens if I can't get out of something fast enough? Like if you have a bull or a boar or a buck or a ram and you can't get out of the way, you know, so those those things are very real um you have a thing with slip and fall like that y you fall down and blow your back out often well you're very clumsy i always, I always have been so i would say splinting limb for you being impaled for me <laughs> definitely so those are our, those are what we're going to call our top um our top accidents that could happen to us personally. Um, should, so our store first aid kits, if you go to Walmart and you just grab the 997 kit, which I've literally done, um, what do I, what should I be kind of spiraling off that? Or is that enough other than making sure I have a tourniquet and quick clot or, you know, um, it all really just depends on what your personal needs are. Um, they can be fine. It just depends on where you're keeping it and what, what it is that you're really wanting it for. Different products can be a little bit harder to get. Um, but Emerge, my company actually uh, puts together custom first aid kits uh, for purchase that are completely tailored uh, to the individual that is ordering it. Um, but beyond your gauze, some saline peroxide, um, and the, uh, like the quick clot and the tourniquet first aid, honestly, honestly is, um, it's a MacGyver sport. EMS in general, I call it a MacGyver sport. It's only stupid if it doesn't work. Well, that's a good analogy. So is peroxide good to use? Cause I've heard yes and no. It, I, I mean, if you got a large gaping wound, I probably wouldn't use it. If you fell down and just scraped your knee a little bit, it, it's probably okay. Uh, 
obviously on the you know on the ambulance we use a lot of sterile saline so um that's that sterile saline is typically my go-to to to rinse something out that'd be better to have on hand than uh peroxide um in my opinion but where do i get sterile saline do you like google that like where do you get that yeah that was my next question <laughs> um so you can get it online um that is one of those ones that can be harder to get than other things um but yeah you can you can google it online um amazon has it you can find it in little bottles um it's salt water is what it is okay so i would i would say for the people you know i would say people who definitely have machinery and things like that i mean the custom first aid kit is huge yeah you know, because I don't know if we're going to be severing our limbs, you know, getting caught up. But, I mean, I've n- heard about, especially being when we were back in Nebraska and stuff, people getting caught in their bailers or... Uh, using a chainsaw, you never know. Oh, yeah, using a chainsaw. Well, fortunately for us, ours never work. Not right now, anyway. So, yeah, you can't get your arm chopped off, you can't get that bad boy started up. Exactly. But that is a question for Steel <coughs> and another day. Yeah. <laughs> so... I will say, um, my question was, you know, my son now, we're fortunate, you know, he's 13, but I know a lot of people with little kids and then I'm like, should they be having a separate first aid kit because little kids are tiny? Um, as long as it's not medications, the first aid kits are pretty well the same. Um, if you're looking more towards like your Tylenol and ibuprofen, make sure you are um, following doctor's orders about what your child can and cannot have um, depending on their prior health needs and their age um, and make sure that you're following all of the directions for the, for the dosing. But as far as um, like tourniquets and gauze and stuff, all of that stuff works just the same on children. Um, The only thing that you have to kind of, keep watch on is your commercial tourniquet so if you buy an actual tourniquet just know that the smaller the child um obviously the smaller their limbs and so that commercial tourniquet may not work um because they're typically made for um adult limbs so you can uh you can improvise the tourniquet for them but um you know like small infants um a, a standard commercial tourniquet may not work well, that's good to to know. Or adults that are really tiny. I mean, we know some friends personally, and they're just small stature, just very small. Yeah. Um, on the contrary, um, you're extremely muscular, and your arms are quite large. So, yeah, we might have to think about that. Not me. I'm a noodle. Just spaghetti arms all day, so I'm completely uh, useless when it comes to that. So I'll just be nice and average. Um, I will say something that I just thought of would be what she said about having the medicines and things like that for kids. We have a, a segment that I'll be up for holistic healthcare and things like that. I do know some people want to lean more traditional and things like that. And we will kind of tie that in later into the series, but just be your own judge when you're making your 
medicine cabinet and your preps. Just use your use your brain and realize that just because it works for Sally doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And Sally's not wrong and you're not wrong. You just need to do whatever you need to do for you. Because I know we have some super crunchy people and I know we have some traditional people and some people who do both. And it is absolutely fine. We do not care what you do regardless. We just want everybody to be safe. Um, so who, on that note, speaking of safety, who should be taking CPR and first aid? Everybody. Absolutely everybody. Um, my philosophy is, is if they are old enough to understand what is happening in the course, um, you should take it, you should take a CPR course, um, as soon as possible and keep that certification up by doing the class every two years. Um, I teach primarily um, American Heart Association courses, so those cards are good for two years. Um, but I, I believe everybody should take CPR and first aid. So, um, I agree. I think that a lot of times adults will take it, but then teens don't take it. And then an adult goes down and the teen doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, and that also goes to, um, you know, some, some people, I have some homestead friends, their eight year olds are years beyond many 20 year olds. Um, you know, and it's very important to work with them on, um, what do they need to do? What are the first steps? Call 911, keep themselves safe. All that stuff really rolls into this. You just really have to, everybody in the family should be educated on it. Um, and every, we always joke, I react immediately to things. And we always joked with Braxton and my brother that they always have a five second delay. And the reason we say that is because when things happen, my brain just jumps in. It just knows like we have to do this, 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 this. Their brain does not work like that. It has to process the whole situation first. Think about it. And that time is precious. And when people panic and they're not sure what to do, you know, because if I asked him right now, you know, Braxton would be like, yeah, I know I'll do this, this, this. If it was an emergency, you know, he might have to, he would have to stop and think about, okay, this is happening. She's bleeding. I need to go get this instead of me just reacting. So it's very important that everybody knows what's going to work best for them. And just having that knowledge so that it's like riding a bike, that's, what's going to save time. Absolutely. Um, we have a saying, which is time equals brain and heart muscle. So the more people who are trained and are able to start CPR before other medical personnel can arrive are just going to increase the chances of survival and allow a loved one to spend more time with their family. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Um, one thing I know with a lot of manual labor that we're doing and a lot of people are older getting into it. And, um, you know, I've had some heart stuff. Um, what do you, are you able to advise on? What would be your first step if somebody was having a heart attack before medical professionals can get there? So if there, if somebody is having chest pain, the first thing that we want them to do is sit down and stop whatever it was that they were doing beforehand. Um, you know, and if they are in the sunshine, we need to try to get them out of the heat or extreme cold, depending on where you're at, you know, and get them into a more, you know, kind of neutral environment. Um, 
get them sat down, keep them up and talking, call 911 as soon as possible. Um, because if they're having, you know, a heart attack, there's not a whole lot that can be done outside of a hospital, um, you know, just out, out on your own. Um, just call 911 as soon as possible. Um, keep them up, keep them talking, and stay on the phone um, with that 911 dispatcher. And, you know, one thing for me as a, you know, medical person that comes out on the ambulance, you know, if you're out on a homestead especially or if you are in a large building, you know, that has a lot of people, um, I need to know where. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to know. I get to you so the more directions that you can give to that dispatcher to get the ambulance to you is just going to help cut down on that time um you know what is the best way for me to get my ambulance into wherever you are yeah well and that goes to we were at a crossroads of you know we are very uh prepper minded want to be we want to be private yes we have the podcast yes we have social media but that is not our exact whereabouts our exact moves our all of these things but you know we wanted to be way out but then on the flip side of it you really need to be on your game you need to be willing to you got to be willing to die actually because and you're out there and you're by yourself if you're choosing to ignore, you know, okay, I'm going to have these on hand or I'm going to have this on hand and, oh, I'll get it later, I'll get it later, you just really don't have those liberties. When you're five miles from town or, you know, you're 15 minutes from town or you're off a major highway or whatever, you probably have 911 service. You live in the middle of the National Forest and you don't have a, you don't want a mailbox, you don't want a sign or anything. You have to be prepared. It's, it's not... If you don't want to go to the hospital, fine. If you don't want to call 911, fine. But you got to be willing to understand those consequences then. Um, and you need to be prepared for what can happen. Um, and definitely everybody in your household needs to be aware. Um, but I would encourage everybody to really think long and hard about what is your plan. Because that's the part of preparedness. Everybody thinks that they'll do these things, but they don't practice. You know, they don't. Like, do you know how to use this cloud? Do you know how to make the gauze stick? Do you know if anything's expired? Do you know? So just checking these things often, especially when you're in the middle of nowhere and you have no access to anyone. Right. We're not even far and we just barely got our address a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> after years. So you just never know. I will say on that note, do you have any holistic... Um advice on quick things i know you said you come out a lot because you know bug bites and things like that so what would be just a quick holistic thing that they could do for those things so um my probably top three holistic things that i go for um one the first one is witch hazel i always have witch hazel at my house um it's great for bug bites and sunburns sunburns you Uh, need that you burn up like a lobster yeah, every year. I know. Looking like a stop uh, sign in the middle of June. Yeah, it's it's great for just like the itches and bug bites, sunburns. Um, aloe vera, also great for sunburns. Um, and then, now, don't go crazy with it. <laughs> meat tenderizer. 
Okay. Okay. You take unseasoned meat tenderizer, you mix it with some water, you make a paste, and it's great for uh, things like bee stings um, or other Hymenoptera-style insect stings. That's what we needed to know when I was getting stung by these wasps. We have tons of wasps around here, and they just had a field day like it was a pincushion. But if I was if I was allergic, whew, that'd have been a bad day. Yeah, bad day. And he was like, oh, "I didn't get you that bad. It's all right." I was swelled up. I thought I said, "This is it. This is how I go." All this time I've been putting it on this earth, and a beasting or a wasp is gonna take me out. He told me I was being dramatic, and turns out I actually was. But I'm gonna hop on wood real quick and say <laughs> I can't relate. I've never been stung by a bee or a wasp. Oh yeah, now you gotta watch your back all summer. All summer. It's not fun. I, on the wood. <laughs> um, I will say, I hear a lot about witch hazel. That is a huge thing. Yeah. Our, uh, heck, our Walmarts, we've been trying to, to get it for months. Our Walmarts been sold out for months and months of it because it comes in and people just get it. Um, you know, what is beyond, to, you know, we talked a little bit about, okay, you're having a heart attack. These are some things you can do until somebody gets there. But, like, what are some things that are like the first aid kit's going to do nothing for you? I mean, we need to get emergency help and we need to figure something out right now. Um, somebody's unconscious, um, angulated limbs. Um, you know, we all know we've all rolled our ankles or, you know, done something and it just kind of hurts. But if, if something is actually angulated, um, call that in. Um, and for any, some listeners, what does angulated mean? Hanging there, basically. Yeah, um, like, if your forearm, you know, is supposed to be straight, right? Mm-hmm. If the middle of your forearm is at a 90 degree angle, Yeah, that's not... Understood. That's, yeah. that's probably bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably. <laughs> so, if your arm looks like Harry Potter with no bones. That's a problem. It, 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 uh, it yes, yes. Um, yeah, so, and then massive bleeding, or the, if you have to use a tourniquet where you have to use that quick clot, that also needs to be called, like, that needs to be called in. Um, you, you need to, if you have to resort to those things, um, you really need to be seen in a hospital and, and call that in. And... I will say another thing <coughs> when I was getting feedback from people about your episode, they wanted to know um, because they knew people or it was on the news in their town or whatever. People go out and they're shooting, they're shooting targets, they're shooting, you know, they're hunting, whatever. And inevitably they shoot their friend or they shoot somebody. So now somebody has been shot. So, what do you do until EMS get there? Is that basically, is it like TV? Are we, like, really applying pressure to that? Yes. Okay. If, oh, look at that. All those years of law and order. Yeah. Um, if they're bleeding, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to apply pressure. Um, if that bleeding does not stop within uh, five or ten minutes, um that's when we need to start looking at um, the tourniquet or the quick clot or something of that sort. 
Um, but the first step to all bleeding control, unless it's like super big and just really deep um, and lots of blood, but typically the first step is going to be direct pressure. Take some gauze, hold pressure, tight pressure. It is not going to be comfortable um, for the person that was shot, um, but that is that is the first stop. Um, let's hope nobody gets shot. Right. But I'm really surprised. I mean, once I was looking that up, like statistically, it's outrageous how many people are shot on their own. Yeah. Just shooting themselves or turning around fast and hunting together and somebody shooting somebody, um, or shooting each people with bows. Um, <laughs> do not attempt to take the bullets out with tweezers. All right. Okay. So, I mean, technically law and order 50, 50, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, Olivia Benson, she's pulled a bullet or two. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, on that note, I guess, what's the most common accident you're called out to? Like, not homesteads necessarily, but just in, in general. general. So, um, in general, probably the most common ones are going to be um, people falling or and, get, and injuring a limb, or they fall and they get stuck somewhere. Well, we saw, you know, there's a, there's a series for a guy, um, and he's on YouTube, and, uh, you know, we just, we stumbled upon him, and he was doing a series on places you shouldn't go, and people went anyway, and we were just sitting there, like, jaw dropped at how many people are places that make no sense, like, falling inside, you know, behind pipes, and are in air vents and industrial buildings and like all kinds of things i was like what is going on so i'm not yeah. i'm not really surprised at the getting stuck somewhere i guess it's it a is, lot easier to do than you i mean i guess it is easy to do I, my, it, is, it is a lot easier um we have kind of a running joke in ems about the bermuda triangle of the bathroom which is the awkward little space in between um the toilet and the bathtub usually um a lot a lot of people get stuck there really that yeah. is very interesting <laughs> okay i don't get well and on the note of the bathroom <laughs> i was surprised that it it was you know or i wasn't surprised that people falling because slip and falls i mean or just like you st like out in our driveway it's all white rock i like step down and about lose an ankle twice a week so i'm not really surprised about the people falling i guess yeah no but we've not, knock on wood, you've never broken a bone or anything. But it is kind of shocking how many people um, just break bones all the time. All the time. Got weak bones. <laughs> they don't drink enough milk. I know. Raw milk for the win. <laughs> um, so, do you have any advice to try to not get stuck in the brooding trolley over your bathroom? Um, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> well... Not necessarily the bathroom one, but it's just really watch where you're walking, running, and climbing, um, and just be smart in slick weather. Um, use the salt, salt the ice, and just just be smart. That's that's about that's that's all I got. Um, I really wish that. So the opposite of what I do in bad weather. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. I just rush in. Yeah, and every year. Every year he falls down. Every year. I don't know how he has a tailbone or back. And I just don't get it. He'll fall this year. It just makes no sense. Not now. Oh, yeah, now because you've had the safety course. Now I'm prepared. 
Yeah, well, I spent most of the winter in Crocs because that was the only thing that I wasn't slipping. My muck boots were terrible. It was, I was like out there on the ramp. And then we did um, homesteading while aging, homesteading for seniors. And she's um, up there in New York. And she was like, well, don't you have spikes on your muck boots? And I was like, no, no, I do not. So obviously now I have to have spikes on my muck boots. I'm telling you, people in the deep north, they know. Yeah. They know what's up. You gotta, you gotta listen to them when it comes to the that cold weather stuff. They, they know what's up. I know. See, Nebraska, I just avoided the issue by completely complaining about everything and trying not to go outside. It was mostly snow in Nebraska. It was mostly snow. Here, this is, these ice storms are crazy. Inches and inches of ice. I mean, I have never... You couldn't even go outside. I mean, we were you know, we were trying to be proactive this year. I think we're going to do string line or something. We tried to do it before. It didn't really work out. So I think we're going to do something like heavier duty to get a rope system going around. Because our whole property slopes south to north. There's like no safe haven out there. The dogs are running around everywhere, you know, and they were slipping around. It was absolute anarchy. So I'm going to try to get some type of rope system. And believe it or not, we salted. We we put it down. We got the pet safe salt and everything, put it all down. And, uh, yeah, I was miserable. And that's because we don't have concrete. You know, we've got the white rock. And so we were just trying to wander around. The, gla- the grass was slick. The weeds were slick. The dirt was slick. It was miserable. It's horrible. Um. So, I will say, I you've, you've given us a lot of time. I appreciate you so much for that. Um, but what tips or advice can we leave listeners on, like, if they've gotten nothing out of this that we've talked about, just what are the main things for them to be safe? Take a CPR and an AED course, um, first aid or a wilderness first aid, um, or at the bare minimum, a stop the bleed course. Stop the bleed is an hour long course. Um, it, it's not that long. It's very simple. Like I said, bleeding out is the number one preventable cause of death. My, you know, I will say, cause I know somebody's going to ask me, can you explain what is the difference between first aid and wilderness first aid? Um, so the regular first aid through, um, the American Heart Association is just fairly basic. It's got, um, how do you, how to help somebody use an EpiPen? How do we find the problem? Um, some basic splinting and bleeding control. Whereas the wilderness first aid is, um, just exactly what the name says. It's actually a two day long, uh, 16 hour course that is designed specifically for um, first aid out in the wilderness, um, like national parks, homesteads, stuff like that, where you are not likely to find help immediately. Hmm. Might look into that. Something we should do. Yeah. So I wonder, is that, would you just type in wilderness first aid course or... You know, I don't know, I guess, where do you go to find um, the Wilderness for Seacourse? I would say, I can uh, I can get you some information on it so that you can put it out on your um, on your on your social medias. Um, but, yeah, you can type out Wilderness First Aid um, classes. 
like I said, it is um, a two-day, uh, 16-hour-long class. Um, you just have to you just have to find um, an instructor, and I believe that one is done through ECSI. So, tons of information, tons of stuff to think on. We are doing some things okay, and some things we're not. Right. Um, so we'll definitely be adjusting that personally for ourselves. Um, definitely I will include all the links. Another announcement I will say really quickly, two things, I guess. One is we have started a YouTube. Um, the YouTube was suggested to us. So what's going to happen is we're uploading all the episodes that have happened and with some just minor pictures and their links and then what will happen that the YouTube will allow is there are some um, participants speaking who are going to speak in the future and some that we've already interviewed that are, you know, considering. And that what will happen is on YouTube, we'll announce when the recording is and then we'll be able to live stream it. So you'll be able to ask the speaker questions in real time, not just rely on my questions and be able to be part of the conversation. We'll also be having special giveaways over there, um, in addition with the Facebook group for listening, and just so many other things that'll be going on. We will have, um, some people will be able to interview in person, and so they will be actually on video doing their podcast. So a lot of things will come with that, so stay tuned, but it is also on YouTube under Homestead Happenings with VB. We have a Facebook group, Homestead Happenings with BB Podcast, and you can also find us on Instagram, same name, and of course, listen in and subscribe, turn on your notifications anywhere you get your podcasts. We will have all of Ashley's information in the um, post on all the social media. We will have the website for the business in the show notes of this episode. And we are just really excited that everything's going so well. Saturday this week, which is a new day, we will be here coming back and we are going to, um, B and I are going to be going over the first month thoughts, reflections, answering some questions that have come in and we will be announcing the first giveaway it will be November's giveaway. You will need to listen in so that you can figure out how you can enter that and what's going to be happening. It'll be great. And on that note, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you spending this time with us and sharing all this knowledge with us and sharing some laughs. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yes. You have a great night. Thanks. Bye. Bye. What a great session. Yeah, it was great. Really informational. I know. Well, we learned that you cannot apply peroxide to absolutely everything. And you cannot, you know, you can't just roll your ankle and walk it off sometimes. I feel like Uh, you can. I always thought I could. I mean, you just slap it and say, it's all right. I think it's fine. But on that note, we've achieved our goal today. I think I learned. You learned? Yeah. I grew. I grew. (laughs) So on that note, on that nerd, on that note, 
Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's, Let's go. go. Have a good night, everyone.